video is a few months old. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm Mark um, and uh, Kim. Is Kim here? There she is. And there's Jonathan. Jonathan, can you say hi? All right, good to see you this morning. Um, uh, just a few housekeeping items. We do have our table out there, and we have some material. Um, some of you may want to know more about my vision and my heart besides the video. There's a brochure that tells about what we'd like to do as far as training leaders. Uh, there's another handout that kind of talks about some upcoming projects, uh, if you'd like to partner financially for those. Our, our new prayer card is out there with our updated contact information. Uh, we just launched a website. It, it's still in the building process. But I just put up some new blogs, and our desire with the website is to put uh, material on there uh, that's multilingual so that we can have pastors in, in China and Indonesia and India access that, and it's available in their language in the context they understand. So, uh, but it's, it's in the um, uh, beginning stages. But uh, check out our website, and I'd love your uh, thoughts on that. But the content info is on the prayer card. Of course, we love your prayer. I have a few um, of the Indonesian currency out there, uh, so you can use it to put in your Bible and remember to pray for us, pray for Indonesia, and or fool a friend and tell them you're giving them a thousand bucks. It's worth eight cents. All right, all right. <clears throat> hey, I'll give you this thousand if you give me twenty. Okay, I, I tried that on my younger brother. It worked. So I said, why don't you give me eighty dollars and I'll I'll give you this thousand bill. Okay, all right. Um, but uh, we're excited to be here. This is our home church, um, and uh, it's good to be here. I see several people that I know, and there's a few I don't. Uh, let me just update you about the last two years in our life. Um, we were partnered, as the video said, we were partnered with a very large church in the capital city of Indonesia, a uh, very large church and a very large teens ministry. Um, and through that, we were able to minister in the uh, city there, and reach students from about 40 or 50 different campuses, uh, had opportunities to preach in schools and share the gospel, to preach to thousands of young people, and uh, to train up leaders. We uh, trained pastors in Indonesia. Most recently, I was in China, and that was a great opportunity. Uh, if you want to find out about that trip, uh, please talk to me. Um, and the Lord just did some miraculous things there. And uh, it was so wonderful uh, two years of just uh, ministering to the Indonesians. We also work with people from other countries and uh, uh, diplomatic and business people from around the world. And so we really felt like it was uh, a huge investment in the kingdom of God to be a part of that and to meet those uh, influencers around the world and to also train pastors. Um, and our, our heart is to continue to do that. We're stateside now, but we still want to leave that door open to train and equip and encourage pastors around the globe because the resources aren't there and, and that's our desire uh, just this week i was emailing with a friend and he's asking when can i come to india and, and and teach a course on youth ministry we have invitations to go to nepal and pakistan uh china there's a revolving door there for us to go and train and teach um, and then uh, next year probably in the philippines these are great opportunities uh there's a networking opportunity to do a conference in december um actually October uh, in D.C., and then January in London. These are, uh, it's my heart, is to train and equip and network to get resources out to equip the church. Uh, that takes prayer, and it takes finances, and it takes energy and strength. And those are uh, three things I tend to lack in my life. But uh, please continue to pray with us. We love your ongoing partnership. Now, for those of you that know more about my story, you'll know that the last two years was also very difficult. 
Um, many of you that receive our uh, prayer updates and uh, that I've talked through, uh, talked with, or you've maybe seen Facebook posts, you know that despite all these wonderful things happening in my ministry career, if you will, and despite the people that we met in Indonesia, uh, we've had several crises. And I'd like to start with that before I go to my message this morning, because it really lays the foundation. About a month, uh, actually maybe two or three weeks into our time in Indonesia, I started getting headaches and uh, uh, migraines, and it, and, it, and it just became more frequent, and, and, uh, and then ultimately chronic. And uh, I began seeing doctors, and uh, I had one diagnosis after another, and I had uh, you know, medicines, and then a month or two later, uh, the pain would come back, and we're, we're talking enormous uh, facial pain, migraines, cluster headaches, tension headaches, anything related to pain in my head. And it made it very difficult to think. It made it difficult to read, to write. Um, and uh, there were a few times when I didn't have the strength to go on. And uh, I saw doctors in three countries. You know you're desperate when you see doctors in three countries. Even tried acupuncture and had them stick needles in my head. I think Kim was laughing that day. Very sadistical. Um, but uh, it, it was crazy. It, it just crippled me. Uh, it put me incredibly behind in my doctoral studies. Uh, it affected my work, my family life. Uh, on a 10 scale, um, 10 being, Lord, the pain is so much, take me home. Probably every day was a 5 or 6. And then I'd spike up to 9 or 10 once or twice a week, and I was bedridden one or two days a week. And you just can't, you can't live like that. And some of you have that kind of chronic pain, or you know people that have that kind of pain. And, uh, of course, the big mystery was, what is causing this? And, uh, but one diagnosis to another, and uh, um, what I have since found out is that I'm, it was actually the pollution. The pollution in Jakarta was inflaming my nose and restricting airflow, affecting the pressure in my sinus cavities, uh, and then um, making life very miserable. And so it was re- recommended to us that uh, we move to a different climate, somewhere... Um, a bit better. And so that, through much prayer and, and uh, some heartache, we decided to return back to the States and, and just pray and see what God has next for us. But it wasn't just physical issues, and, and I'm not here to um, cry on your shoulder, but I just want to preface uh, my message today. Uh, my family just went through just tremendous crisis. Uh, my sister and her husband were a head-on auto collision or rushed to the hospital in an ambulance. That was very difficult. My mom nearly died in November. Some of you may remember that. Um, uh, She almost died from lung disease, and we thought she had about a month left. So I flew back to see her. By God's grace, she is much better. In fact, she's the best I've seen her in 10 years. But uh, that adds a certain amount of emotional stress, doesn't it? Uh, When your siblings are in the hospital and your mother's in ICU. Uh, My twin brother was diagnosed with cancer this year on our birthday. What a wonderful phone call to get, right? And by the grace of God, they are able to go in and get that out, and he's doing much better, planning a church in Chicago. But again, emotionally, it was very difficult. And then my father just spent most of May and June in the hospital and is in uh, some long-term recovery for significant health issues. Uh, we had other family that had uh, other crises, and it just made life very difficult. Uh, uh, we also struggled for about 15 months to try to sell our house, and that adds a tremendous amount of stress if you've ever had a house sitting on the market like that. So needless to say, the last two years, I've learned to live with pain and disappointment and regret, but I've also had great joy and happiness and done some really awesome things. It's amazing how the two go side by side. 
And I share that with you this morning because the Lord keeps teaching me a lesson. You ever have one of those lessons where the Lord just keeps saying, well, you need to do your homework over? And he takes you through a lesson. He's teaching you over and over and over again. And that really is the lesson of gratitude. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is cultivating an attitude of gratitude to really understand what it means to worship God for who he is and what he's done. Does that make sense? And so I've shared with you just the last few years, the highs and the lows, so that you can understand how I've gone through a process of, in a sense, refocusing and centering on God and learning what it means to be grateful. Uh, And so I'd like to uh, start with prayer, and then we'll look at our primary text, uh, Luke chapter 17. Would you uh, pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that we have this opportunity to study your word. I ask, Lord, that you would remove distractions, that you would just calm our minds and our hearts. Help us to hear from you today. I pray, Lord, that we're inspired and challenged and that we're reminded of your great love. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at our primary text. It's going to be Luke chapter 17, uh, verses 11 through 19. Uh, This is the narrative where uh, Jesus encounters 10 lepers or people 10 people with some sort of skin disease, and there is a miraculous healing. Uh, Let's go ahead and look at that. It'll be on the screen overhead. I'll be uh, reading from the New International Version. Uh, Chapter 17, verse 11 of Luke says this, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the broader, I'm sorry, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priest. And they went. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. It's a wonderful passage. As I've studied it and reflected on it, I see that there are four principles here that we can study and learn about the issue of gratitude. Point number one is that we should rest in his presence. Rest in God's presence. You'll notice that as these ten were going, they had an agenda, they were busy doing something, but they stopped in order to encounter Christ. So you may say uh, that even before they had an interchange with him, an interaction, that they needed to stop their business and be in his presence. And for me, this is very profound because I feel that so, so often in our life we're just so busy, aren't we? We're busy with the daily routine. We're busy with work. Many of us, we're busy doing good things. We're taking care of our family. We're uh, working hard. We're paying the bills. We're enjoying leisure time with one another. We're even doing the Lord's work beyond that uh, and serving in ministry. And, but life is just so chaotic. It's so busy. And this became very relevant for me because I was living in a city of 27 million people. Uh, Jakarta Metro is three times Chicago's size. And life is crazy. And I realized that in my life I needed to stop and spend time in the presence of God. 
that if I was really to encounter him and really to experience him, I, I just needed to have regular times where I stopped and I rested in his presence. And over the last year or so, a passage that's come back to me over and over and over again, especially the last three to four months, is Psalm chapter 46. It's a wonderful psalm. Verse 1 and verse 10 are very prolific. And I have read them, I have prayed them, I've studied on them. I'd like to share just a few of these verses out of Psalm 46. Verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. I think I could speak 30 minutes alone on that. God is our refuge, the place we go to for comfort. He is our strength. He's ever-present in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Let's jump to verse 10. Verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. God is speaking to his people. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Those two verses, specifically 1 and 10, have really reminded me what it means to rest in the presence of God and to know that he is my refuge. He is my strength. There are many days when I woke up and I just felt like staying in bed. Have you had those days? Maybe the alarm clock goes off and you just growl or do whatever you moan and you you just know you don't want to face that day. Maybe you've had some relational conflict, tension at work, um, or it's health issues, and you just don't want to go through that day. But to know that God is our refuge, and that he is our strength, and that he's always present, has brought me such peace to know that I can rest. Verse 10 has really convicted me. It's really spoken to me on a deeper level. Verse 10 says, Be still and know that I'm God, and then after that, it says that he will be exalted. There are some really profound truths in, there, in that verse alone. First of all, it says that we need to be still. In the original text, in the original language, it literally means stop fighting. It means surrender, give up. It means calm yourself. You know, we fight with our problems, don't we? We worry, and we become overwhelmed with anxiety and stress. And God is just telling us, stop it. Let go. You don't have to hold on to that pain, that hurt, that anxiety, that stress. Let go of it. I love uh, in 1 Peter, it says that we can cast our anxieties on him, for he cares for us. We don't have to carry that weight and that burden. And here God is saying, just calm yourself. Be quiet. Listen. But then it says, be still and know. Again, in the original text, the word know literally is the word for intimacy, And it's quite often used for sexual intimacy. God is saying this. God is saying, I want to be with you. I want you to know me. And I don't want you to keep cheating on me with your problems. Stop having an affair with your worry. Listen, God wants to be alone with you. He wants to be known. He wants you to sense him and to know him and hear from him and experience him. But so often we romance our worry. We cuddle it. And we spend time with it, and we, 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 we talk about our worry and our stress and our anxiety. And God is saying, just get rid of that. Let it go and be with me. Be with me. And then as we know him, then it says, be still and know that I am God. And then we realize that he's God, and we're not God. But I think we're so busy with life and our cares and our concerns that we don't have time to be still before him, and therefore we don't really get to experience him. And then we try to handle our own problems, don't we? 
And somehow in the midst of it, we think we're God because we have to solve the problem, solve the issue, deal with the crisis, overcome the challenge. And God is simply saying, if you just be still, you'll hear me, you'll know me. And in the process of that, something beautiful happens. Not only do we know him, but the earth begins to know him. His name is glorified. His name is recognized. What a powerful truth there, isn't it? I don't know if you're like me, but I'm a busybody. I'm a a doer, you know? And I often have to find times just to slow down. And I've begun to realize that I need to be more careful to just stop and be in God's presence. Now let's talk about this. I'm making this very theoretical and warm and fuzzy, but let's just make it very practical. Take five or ten minutes out of your morning and just be quiet. Stop talking. Calm your body. Put your phone away. And listen to God. Just be still before him. Talk to him about what you're dealing with. Be honest with him. Begin to open the Bible and read and study. These are disciplines. And if you've been in the faith, whether it's a week or 10 years or 20 years, we all know this, but sometimes we need a reminder, don't we? To be in his presence, to know him, to know his word. Singing songs to him. Confessing sin reorientating our minds and our hearts to him. And it doesn't always have to happen in the morning. It could be a stressful phone call you've just had. Now, I'm not telling you in the middle of the phone call. Oh, time out, hold on. But maybe after the phone call, just take a few minutes just to pray and listen to God and be still before him and say, God, I don't want to carry this stress. I don't want to carry this worry. Lord, I don't want to cheat on you with these problems. I want you to be my God. I want to know you. I want to hear you. And I believe that God will reveal himself. And as we rest in his presence, you see, then we really know him, and that's how we can begin to thank him for who he is, and we can thank him for what he's doing in our life. But if we don't ever have time to be with him, how do we thank him? There's a few of you that this morning, when I saw you, I I began just saying things like, hey, I was just thinking of you lately. I was praying for you. I'm sorry to hear about the loss in your family. You know, when you meet with someone, you can have this exchange with them where you're sharing your heart. I went up to the sound booth, and and, uh, kind of odd, but the men started hugging me. It it happens, people. It's it's the looks, you know. But, (laughs) But just to take time, even this morning, just to say hi to George and Mark and others, you know, If we just took time to be with God, we would experience him, and then we can express our gratitude to him. Does that make sense? Let's look at that second principle. Secondly, to cultivate this attitude of gratitude, I think we need to recognize who he is and what he's done. And so the ten men began walking, and they recognized Christ. Of course, they stopped, they rested, and they recognized him. We're told that from a far distance, they cried out. They asked for mercy, no doubt, they, the reputation of Christ had preceded him. They had heard of the miracles. They wanted a miracle. And we're told that they recognized him. They recognized what he had done, his reputation. They recognized his ability. And I believe we can experience gratitude when we just recognize that he is God. I'm thankful for Psalm 107, verse 1. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. This is the very nature, the very character of God, that he is good and his love endures forever. 
Even when we don't feel it, his love endures forever. Even when life seems like it's going the complete opposite direction, when it feels like life is in the gutter, it's going down the drain, going down the toilet, God is still good. The ten lepers took a moment to recognize him. According to the Jewish law, they were to go to the priest so that the priest could declare them clean both physically and spiritually. And so they obeyed him, and they went to go to the priest. And that act of faith, as they were going to the priest to be declared clean, both physically and spiritually, they were healed. The question I have for you and me is, do we recognize God's presence in our life? Do we recognize his character? Or are we too busy going about our business to stop and recognize him? Sometimes I think that we treat God like this genie in the lamp. We make these wishes, we say these prayers, and we want him to respond according to what we want. The reality of it is we need to recognize him for who he is. Amen? And we need to recognize what he's doing in our life. Years ago, I heard a phrase, don't just thank God, don't, don't, don't just be thankful for the hand of God or seek the hand of God, seek the face of God. So often, we're, our prayers are just consumed with God, give me. God, do this. I want the hand of God. I want God to work in my life. But what about getting to know the presence of God, the face of God, the character of God? God wants to be known. He wants to be recognized. And, and I'm going to just tell you the truth here. It's hard to do that when life is not going well. It's hard to say, God, where, you know, it's hard to see God. How many of you said, God, what's going on here? Have you ever said that? God, why did you let this happen? Or how come? Lord, where are you in the midst of this storm? These are all questions we ask at some point in our life. But the reality of it is that God is present. Remember Psalm 46.1? It says he's our refuge and our strength, and he's ever-present in times of trouble ever-present in times of trouble. I remember uh, one morning, the pain was so intense. I had one of those mornings where I just said, God, I don't want to get up. I just don't want to deal with the pain. And I felt like the voice of God spoke clearly to me. And he said, Mark, I'm not going to take you from the darkness. I'll be with you in it. And he reminded me of Psalm 23. Psalm 23 says, even though we walk through the darkest valleys or the valley of the shadow of death, we shall fear no evil, for he is with us. You see, we can recognize that God is with us in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our trouble. God doesn't promise to remove us from the darkness. He promised to be with us, to be ever-present, to be revealing himself. It's up to us to calm ourselves. Have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and it's dark and you're trying to orientate yourself in the room? Have you ever had that? And it just takes a moment for your eyes to adjust for you to hear more clearly, and then you're able to work your way. That's life. Life is when it's difficult. Just settle to yourself. Take a moment to recognize who he is by reading scripture, by praying, by listening to him. And when you do that, you can orientate yourself and find yourself through the darkness a lot better. And so secondly, besides resting in his presence and recognizing him for who he is, not just what you want him to do, but recognizing God for who he is, we can respond with praise. We can respond with praise. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
There's a few things that are difficult in that passage, namely, and whatever you do. There's some things that I'm going through I just don't want to thank God for. But I've got to. I've got to remember to spend time thanking him. And it is quite amazing that in this historical event, there are ten that were sick, but only one returns. Now, when the ten stopped and recognized Jesus, they cried out for mercy. He told the ten to go to the priest to fulfill their religious duty so they could be declared clean. Now, they were probably standing about a good 50 to 100 meters out. They were far away. And that culture, if you had leprosy or some sort of skin disease or rash, you were an outcast. You had to live on the outside of the community. So that means you're completely isolated from your friends and family. And so what would happen is these groups of people would form colonies and they would begin to live together and associate and do life together. And so these ten were very eager to go and be healed so they could go home to their family. But yet they were not allowed to go near Christ. According to the laws of that day, they were not allowed to get near him. And so they shouted so he could hear them. But it's interesting, as they went, they were healed, and the outsider, the guy that was from another community, another ethnic group, he chose to turn back, didn't he? And he responded with gratitude. In fact, if you look at the text, he ran to the feet of Christ. So he broke the cultural boundaries. He broke the barrier, and he ran to Christ, and he fell at his feet, declaring his praise to the Lord. Friends, when God works in your life, you just need to run to him. You need to let him know you're thankful for what he's doing. You need to respond with praise and gratitude. And it needs to be something that everyone hears. Because in the midst of declaring your praise to God, you become a witness. Other people begin to see God working in you. It's easy to gripe and complain. We all do it, right? We all do it. But if you're a person that's giving God praise, there's something about your attitude that that people want to know. They want to know why you give God credit, why you thank God. They want to know in the midst of your storm and chaos where that peace comes from. Amen? They want to know that. If we are people that run to the feet of God, if we are passionate about our praise for Him, friends, God will do awesome things in our life, and He'll do awesome things in our community, in our families. But to be honest... To be blunt with you, there are times when you don't feel like it. It's hard to thank God when life is going difficult. But I guarantee if you just spend a few moments, you can find things to thank God for. Now, I've worked with teenagers for a number of years, a number of years. I've worked in the school system, uh, whether it's uh, as a teacher or a, a paraprofessional or a principal, and I've worked in the church. And I'll tell you this, there's some teenagers I just can't thank God for. <laughs> you know, they say, look for the good in everyone. And there's a few of them I say, I I'm not seeing any good in this kid, you know? I, Lord, what is going on, you know? And, uh, but if I look, I begin to see it. I begin to see the potential in them. I begin to see what God is doing in their life. I begin to see something about their character and their nature, and I can thank God for them. I can even thank God for what he's doing in their life and what he will do in their life. I'm telling you, if we take time to stop and recognize God for both what he's done and who he is, we begin to see him more clearly and we can respond, even when we don't like what's going on around us. It's interesting here because we're told that that, uh, Samaritan, the outsider, um, he returned and threw himself at the feet of Jesus and gave thanks. 
It's interesting here because uh, in the, the original text, the word there used is the same word we use for Eucharist or Holy Communion. And when we take Holy Communion and we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross, we're taking time to be in his presence. We're taking time to express gratitude. But you and I can have that experience every day that we thank God, every day that we express our love and gratitude to him. It's a celebration. It's an act of worship. And you know what? You and I, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, should be known as people of gratitude. And that's the irony here. The nine were part of Jesus' own ethnic group. And, and, and he points this out. Weren't ten healed? How come only one returns and he's the outsider? You and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, if that is you today, you should be known as a person of gratitude, giving praise to God, being in his presence, how else do we cultivate an attitude? It's not in the text in Luke's gospel, chapter 17, but it's throughout the entire scripture. And that's the fourth point. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Every time the Israelite people got in trouble and strayed from God, it's when they forgot who he was. Have you noticed that? Every time you're overwhelmed with anxiety or stress or given to temptation, begin sinning, it's because you've become distant to God and you're not spending time with him, and temptation has come in, and anxiety has come in. The reality is we need to be people who are always thanking God, always thanking God. And yet, here is another difficult verse. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks at all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you read that before? Have you heard it before? That is some hard medicine to swallow. Rejoice always. Lord, I just want to thank you for the crisis I'm going through now. <laughs> Lord, I just want to thank you that I lost my job. Lord, I want to thank you that I'm middle-aged and unemployed and homeless. I just, come on, friends. That's not what I mean. <laughs> but you can thank God that he's working in the midst of that. You can thank God that despite the unknown, he's present, that he's there, that he's working all things for good. Amen. So we can rejoice always. We can pray continually. We can seek God and go to him. It doesn't have to be at church. It doesn't have to be at a private place in our house. It can be in the car. It can be in the office. It can be after you had that phone call with that annoying person. Oh, God, help me. I used to tell the teenagers the best prayers are, God, help them. God, help me. Sometimes those are the best prayers. But we need to be people who are known for gratitude for praising our God, for declaring who he is and declaring what he's done in our life. Some years ago, I worked with a wonderful gentleman, Dr. Howard Kenyon. Howard is a great man of God. Shortly after I worked with him, and I I didn't have any part to do with it, he actually had a nervous breakdown, a significant one. Uh, And about two Years ago, he began writing about that. He went through this dark spell of depression. And, uh, I mean, really, I, many people thought he, that he wasn't going to be with us much longer. He went through some years of darkness and despair and discouragement. Um, and he began writing about his experience. He has a quote. I'd like to read it to you today. And then we'll conclude with a prayer. Here's what Howard wrote not too long ago. There was a long stretch of time when I was low. There were days when I was very low. And there were hours when I can't imagine 
when I couldn't imagine being able to go any lower. During those times, I doubted much and was disillusioned by much. I don't have to rehearse those experiences. The feel of them is fresh enough. But I discovered something firsthand, not something I read in a book, not something I heard a speaker share, not something a therapist or preacher told me. I discovered that in the darkest of those dark times, I never doubted that God was real. I was mad at God, questioned God, still do when I have time to deal with it. I certainly question God as some portray him, but I discovered what I had always hoped was the case. In the darkness, in the darkest, deepest places a human being can go, God is there. Did you hear that? In the darkest, deepest places a human being can go, God is there. Not because we can feel something. Sometimes we're beyond feelings. Not because the existence of God is reasonable. Such arguments are worthless in our abysses. No, just because on the cliff of a life in desperation, the only anchor left to hang on to is God. Amen? Did you hear it? Just because on the cliff of a life in desperation, the only anchor left to hang on to is God. Friends, God is our anchor. God is our hope. If you're here today and you don't have that hope, invite him to be number one in your life. If you've strayed from him and you've been having this affair with your anxiety and your worry and your stress, tell him you want to be his once again, that you want to know him. If it's been a long time since you said thank you to God, start today. Start today by thanking him for who he is, his very nature, his character. There are going to be times when you can't thank him for what he's doing. You can't say, gee, this is great, because it's not great. Don't be fake. But you can thank him for being present in the darkness, for being your refuge, for being your strength, for being ever-present. I think our lives, our relationships will be much richer if we're people of gratitude. If we rest in the presence of God and take time to listen to him and know him, if we recognize him for who he is and what he's done, and if we repeat it, It's a lesson that God's been teaching me. I wish the lesson was over a long time ago. But somehow I think in months and years to come, he'll teach me again. I hope today you've been encouraged. God is present. He's working in your circumstances. Give him gratitude. Praise him. Thank him. Let other people know how awesome he is in your life. And you know what? You'll get through it. And it may not just be you. It may be a friend or family member or coworker, thank God on their behalf. Praise God for working in their life. And you're going to see God do awesome things. With that, I want to say thank you uh, to you that know us and have prayed for us over these last few years. And thank you for those who have and continue to support us. Um, we are grateful for you. God used you. Um, let's uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this simple message today. We thank you, Lord, that throughout Scripture we see this pattern over and over and over, that if we would just stop from our busyness, from our agenda, from our lives, that we can recognize you. 
and that we can respond appropriately, praising you both in our hearts and declaring our love for you publicly. We thank you, Lord. Help us to repeat it. Help us not to just be silent. Help us to speak out with praise. Lord, for some that are here that are in the darkest moments of their life, just like Howard was a few years ago, who are going through such despair, I pray, Lord, that they would come to know you as their refuge and as their strength. And, Lord, that they would begin to realize that you are ever-present. Because the fact of the matter is, even in the darkest times, you are there with us. Help us, Lord, to leave here today encouraged, knowing that you're present. Help us to leave here today declaring our love and thanks to you. We pray, Lord, and in the process of giving praise, declaring our love for you, that our world will know you. Lord, let this message stick into our minds and hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.